Hello and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances with me, your host, Kim Yajeka. So welcome back. I have no words. Just welcome back. You know, recording this intro is always like awkward and nerve wracking. I've said this before, but I think of some of, you know, my favorite podcasts. There's this one on YouTube called... Um, it's a video vodcast podcast whatever it is cold we're all insane and there's no intro music i literally know nothing about the host i know nothing about the guest they just start this interview the guest starts telling their story and i don't know much about anything that's going on but the jump start is actually pretty cool um i thought of trying that but then i'm like i'd be i don't know i just want to stay original we know the style we know the format we know what we're doing we know this where this is going in the same way you know what i could say about the date in which this episode is being published but i won't say it i won't say it it's just it is what it is i'm not a corporate babes and <laughs> i think it's that's a nice segue into this week's episode where my guests and i are discussing entrepreneurship and pivoting out of corporate to start your own thing in the current economic circumstances you know the economics of branching out doing your own thing being an entrepreneur and um i guess does has a really cool project and does some great stuff that i'm looking forward to seeing progress but i really enjoy this conversation i really appreciate how honest it is how raw it is so um i hope you like it too as always, please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kim Yajek on Twitter. And as always, let's keep the conversation going. So without further ado, without an abrupt start, let's get into the episode. All right. So for today's episode, I am so excited to welcome a very special guest. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Kim. I'm great. I'm really excited. I'm that really excited. Happening. And yeah, it's been a long time coming, and I'm so so excited to yeah. finally have you on. I just want to say before we get into the episode, I said this to you in person, but like I just have to reiterate to the people, your supper club is so amazing. Like it is the coolest <laughs> thing. Like I, if someone was asking me, you know, I'm gonna be in Zim this this, I'll be like, listen, check if there's a supper club <laughs> happening. <laughs> Because the vibes are wonderful, the food is great, and it's just such a nice casual setting. And what I really love is that you like send us, you know, like the instructions and all of that prior. And, mm. you know, you come and you're expecting something like super formal and fancy. But when you get there, it's people I never met before. We're talking like we've known each other for years. It was just such a nice experience. And the food. <laughs> oh, my gosh, the food. <laughs> I can't. Thank you so much, Kim. This is this is why I was saying, you know, like before having this conversation, it was really important um, for you to to come and actually experience it. And like, thank you for that amazing review because that's that's what I'm doing it for. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely, so. definitely a ten out of ten experience. I can only recommend. Um, so just to get started, um, this episode, I wanted to talk to you about shifting careers because we've known each other since we were really young and in high school, we were like in our little history class and all of us had like (laughs) similar career trajectories. We were all trying to be, you know, the next, I don't know, what was her name on suits and doing Uh, all of 
No. The, yeah. the woman, I forget her name. I completely say, yeah, there's Mike and Harvey and I'm forgetting the woman's name. Yo, yo. Anyway. Um, the black woman, right? The black, yes, the black woman. Jessica. Jessica Pearson. There we go. Yes. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> we were, we were big to, Suits fans. Huge <laughs> Suits fans trying to grow up to be like super professional and everything. And now like life has happened. We all have these qualifications and I don't really know very many people who are doing, you know, A, what they studied or have stuck to the same career mm -hmm. path. And I feel like as millennials, you know, I see people like I'm going to stay in a company for two years and then I'm going to shift. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to another country. I'm going to explore these kind of things, which is really different than our parents. Because, you know, our parents got into a job and they were there for at least 10, 15, however many years. But we're kind of like, you know, instant yeah. gratification. We need to switch things up. The economy is different, all that good stuff. But also, we're just always looking for purpose. I find it such a millennial thing, like where I'm like, guys, my, my work just doesn't fulfill me. I want to do something fulfilling, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And when I think of how similar our parts have been and then how you've just turned your career trajectory, how you've had the bravery to start your own thing and do everything is, number one, really inspirational and impressive, but also like something interesting I would love to unpack and explore on this platform. Um, so I think I'll, I'll start with with undergrad. Um, yeah. So after those, actually after high school, I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. So mm -hmm. I was quite confused and like looking at, you know, maybe doing economics and like getting advice against that as well. My parents are lawyers, um, but they were discouraging me actually from studying law. They wanted me to do something different um but because i'd done like history lit and accounting um you know law was like a natural path but i ended up picking that because it it, it was broad right like okay i could study law and basically get into any industry so that was the the idea with that and like yeah law school was intense <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was it was a lot um and then after that i came back home and i worked in real estate actually during uni i was like working in real estate like during the summer holidays um and then i also worked then after uni i worked as an investment analyst so yeah i learned a lot about like stockbroking and like you know for me that was also important because you know a lot of lawyers well i guess the stereotype is like lawyers don't really understand um financials so i, I was trying to to get that balance right mm -hmm. and then um i applied for a master's and this was now my way of like trying to move away from law because at that point I'd realized that, okay, I am not interested in going to court or like actually practicing law. Um, I want to do something different. So I ended up um, getting a place at the University College London uh, for a master's in entrepreneurship. Yeah, I studied that and then I specialized in technology. Um, so we oh. have three options. Yeah, there was retail, tech, and then what was the third one? Uh, I've forgotten what the third one was, but yeah. tech was the one that like um, caught my attention. 
and I'm already like I'm really I'm someone who's like super interested in tech and like looking back I would have actually done a degree in tech right mm. um mm. knowing what I know now so I actually advise my sisters um like guys you should go for this but I mean if millennials are like this um Gen Z they they do Yo. what they they're going to do what they want exactly. like <laughs> They're gonna do what they want. So yeah. it's like, okay, I hear you, but so I also I also respect that. Mm-hmm. So um I think then, but actually something else, I think with the entrepreneurship thing, like even during high school, I'd always just like try I don't know, I was quite entrepreneurial um at that time. Like I'd be selling um my clothes, um, and, and I was into fashion as well, really mm-hmm. into fashion, which, yeah, um, at that time. And then now, this was now my opportunity. So what was cool about doing that master's, a lot of people were like, why are you studying entrepreneurship? Like, there's no need um, to study it. And when you're on the course, you realize that there is a need because a lot of startups fail because people don't know what they're doing. But yeah. then you don't hear about those startups because they are failures. <laughs> no one exactly. talks about them, right? Exactly. Um, so we were taught like a lot of things about like testing your ideas and like not being so attached to an idea, right? Sometimes you fall in love with an idea, but people are just not interested in it. And like learning to listen to your customers, listening to the market, how to speak to them, how to ask the right questions. And we also had um, entrepreneurs coming to speak to us. So successful ones and those that failed in their businesses um, Mm. and actually telling us about the experiences and all of that. So that was that. So we learned about like all the aspects from like idea generation to how like marketing works um, and then actually working in a building like high impact ventures. So now when you're in the business and what's required to actually make it successful and, you know, why it can fail and all of that and like a a whole lot of case studies. And our professors were actually business owners, people who are working in like venture capital firms. So you're getting like all that advice. And like what's great about having that network now, like when – I have issues in my own business. I just like reach out to my professors and be like, yo, you know, this is is what's going on. But then when I approach them, like I need to be really organized and, um, Mm. you know, you should have done your work and like, you need to be ready to answer the tough questions. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so that was the master's bit. And then the tech bit, um, I actually, during that time, I started an e-commerce platform. So my aim was actually to stay in England. Um, and through my university, I was going to get a startup visa for, for that business. So I actually, during lockdown, I did a, a pitch um, for our school's like pitch competition. And I won the award. It was, it was 700 pounds for the best pitch award um and that was yeah that was for an e-commerce platform Mm -hmm. that yeah go to my which yeah went through a lot like a a lot of went through a lot of um iterations right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. testing um and just like changing things but 
that's what my dissertation was based on basically Mm -hmm. researching how informal how like people in Zimbabwe can shop abroad specifically like in the UK online Mm -hmm. shopping and like Mm -hmm. things delivered to Mm -hmm. Zim Mm -hmm. um, and how that happens so it's basically an issue of like if you try to order something online now um, and get it delivered through like DHL or whatever, and you just check out and say Zimbabwe, like it's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. And then once it also gets to customs, it's going to cost you a lot of money and exactly. take a long time to get it. So mm-hmm. I was now researching like how people are doing that um, informally. And I actually, so as part of my research, I had to actually do it and like market. So that was the great thing about it. Actually doing um during the process and you're learning right yeah yeah um, and just so yeah that was that was interesting um but then i realized I, I i absolutely hated it my work was essentially because there were a lot of issues that i realized so um some people wanted to shop online didn't have visa cards or so they needed help like with payment so payment mm-hmm. was also an issue on those mm-hmm. like international platforms yeah. and then so I had to like pay for some people search for things like you know your mm-hmm. checkout you send me your checkout um bag or whatever like and then I do it yeah yes and then like I do the inputs your sizes everything and then when the stuff comes to me I'm now packing it with like everyone else's stuff mm-hmm. it was it, it was the ghetto like I was mm-hmm. just like okay <laughs> I'm, I'm really not about this because another yeah. option would have been advising, you know, being like a personal stylist and saying, okay, Kim, like, you know, I found these things. Like I was spending a lot of time on like these fashion stores online, just like going through things. That mm-hmm. that was it. Unpacking. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. But at the same time, I also wanted to stay in the UK. Um, mm. And I was also, you know, there were a lot of people also interested in, in what I was doing but yeah my issue then became like around about the time when I was almost done actually before I was done with my dissertation my father got really sick um and he was in hospital for a really long time and that's the time when people were like um coming back home for their parents funerals you know because like Mm. your dad died of covid whatever yeah so that also got me thinking like okay do I want to come back (laughs) for Mm my dad's funeral (laughs) or like and he he was I was like facetiming him in the hospital right and he's like looking terrible and he's just like you know what um don't come back home like there's nothing um yeah there's nothing Mm. for you here just like um get in touch with this lawyer and get your papers sorted out Mm. um so you can stay there I'm just like no yeah (laughs) So I once like the borders were open, I really just like forced myself. Um yeah, yeah forced my way back um mm. home. Like I just told my mom, I was like, no, I'm not gonna listen to this back. guy. Yeah. I'm back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so that's yeah, I think I've I've talked about a lot. <laughs> um so yeah, so that's like my education background, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And okay, that's really interesting. Um because it sounds like you've always kind of had this entrepreneurial bone in your body. Like it's something you wanted to explore. It was just a matter of like zoning into exactly what it is you wanted to do because 
a lot of these like e-commerce trading platforms did come along even just before the pandemic, during the pandemic. And logistically, mm -hmm. they all sounded like a nightmare, whether you were bringing stuff in from China, South Africa, the UK, it just sounded so terrible. And I always tell people like, it's really hard, you know, aside from just starting up a business, having the confidence to do it, being in Zim, mm -hmm. being someone who wants to access stuff, like what you're saying, the payment platforms, yeah. all of those kinds of things just get in the way and it kind of feels like your options become limited. But I'd never really heard the perspective. Mm. I, I only know a perspective as a buyer, you know, um, as someone who's trying to get mm. my stuff here. But you as the person providing the service, I don't really like get to really engage with them and be like, listen, what was your experience? What was the best part? What was the worst part? What was the hardest part? So I appreciate you sharing that. And it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs, okay, personally, I have no entrepreneurial spirit. I think the biggest business I started was also in high school. And mm -hmm. a couple of my friends and I, because uh, we were at an old girl school in it. And a couple of my friends and I were like, um, our brothers, our cousins, our neighbors and stuff went to the old boys schools. And so we were like mm -hmm. sending letters, we, we called it export ink. So we would send letters to like <laughs> give our brothers like letters to give to like people and their little boyfriends and their gifts and everything. And then they would give us the stuff back and then we pay them a commission and we take people's money and we accept a tuck. But like, that's about as entrepreneurial as I've ever gotten. Um, and it's because of what you're saying. I, I, it's kind of ironic now having a podcast, but I don't like interacting with people on like a surface, like on mm -hmm. the service level. So hearing your mm -hmm. perspective is really interesting and I appreciate that. But like, because you set up your, you know, e-commerce platform, then you came back to Zim and then you decided mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into back into the corporate space or whatever, even after that experience. What would you say of everything that you saw was your biggest motivating factor that made you decide, even though I hated doing, you know, the go to my, the, the, the e-commerce platform, why did you decide, actually, I'm just going to start my own thing? Like, what made you decide to do that? Initially, when I got back, um, my goal was to leave mm. as soon as I could <laughs> again. Relatable. Relatable. Like, yeah i think the thing with zim is like you know when you're away um you do think about coming back home and then when you get back you realize that oh my gosh yeah what this did I place do? is really messy <laughs> like is there is there a future for me so what i then did was i just started doing job applications right and mm -hmm. i was like okay what can i do Maybe I should um, go into consulting and also even with the business, like continuing it in Zim, um, it was now really tricky, right? Because I'm no longer in the UK um, yeah. and you know, I don't have like the easy access I had before, but I still had the contacts, but I was also like, okay, you know what? I actually don't want to do this. So there was that. So just pushing like, job applications I was like let me get into consulting yeah this Italian company actually reached out to me um, mm. um, which was like really cool um, because I had done my exchange year in mm. Milano so 
I was like, oh my gosh, like life is coming full circle. Like, you know, I'll yeah. to go back. Yeah, you're going to get to go back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, um, you know, this is a dream. So now, like, I went through interviews um, with those guys that went on for like, that was over a period of like six months. And one thing I learned about Italians, like when I was there, is they're gonna take their time, right? Mm. Like mm. there's there's no rush. So I did the first interview, it was cool, then did the second one after like I think they told me a certain date and then they're like, Oh, but now it's like summer holidays, so we're gonna take a yeah, we can't do it then, we're gonna do it, whatever. Until I got to the CEO, um spoke to her and like yeah the interview was good and she's like I'll give you a decision in two weeks but now it was almost um running up to December I think mm, I think mm. that that's when I, I had that so now like the two weeks turns into three weeks it's like going on and on and I'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> okay um these people don't value my time yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and like a new year's coming up and yeah, I really don't know what I'm going to do. And obviously, I think even during masters, like I learned, you know, about failure, like being comfortable with failure. But I think we've talked about this a lot, like mm. being Arundel girls. I mean, I had started a business that I wasn't, I was no longer involved in, right? That I just mm. canceled something I yeah. had spent basically like a whole year working towards and mm. i had failed right it was a failed business it, it was gone right mm. and now mm. i am trying to do this working thing and i'm just like and it's not like you know i'm into consulting again yeah, you know? it's, yeah. It, it wasn't like oh my gosh i love yeah. this but now i'm just like okay you need a job you need to do mm. something you need mm. this country so mm -hmm. what was also happening in the background at home is like my family well it was my brother who was really pushing for this so when i came back home i was making a lot of middle eastern food right mm -hmm. um and that was from i made friends with a girl from palestine um zaha like she's we're still like very close one of my best friends um mm -hmm. and she was yeah so we would go out and i was just like hey can you like teach me about this food um i only know the basic stuff so like i'm like i'm not gonna order you just order stuff and like mm. educate me about it mm. so through that and like you know learning about like the different chefs and the cuisine during lockdown i was just making a whole lot of that food so it was really therapeutic for me um mm. because yeah i was in wales i was in um in wales with family like mm. the whole of lockdown I was mm -hmm. like, I told my parents I'm not coming home. Yeah. <laughs> I only came home. It was like crunch time. I was like, okay, yeah. let me let me go. Let me go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was making that. That's how I, I was like learning and like making that. So when I got back home, I was like introducing my family to that. And they liked it. And my brother's like, you know, like, how about you actually do this as a business? Mm. Um and interesting enough, before before masters, like when I was looking for um, a degree to do, I'd mm -hmm. actually looked at um, Le Cordon Bleu to 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 actually 
get into food in that way, right? Oh, wow. But then I read so much about culinary school. Mm. And I also read, I've forgotten the chef's name, but like a biography and how like, you know, culinary school is really hectic. And like, it basically just explained how like everything is 10 times more um, than your home kitchen. So yeah. the heat, the, the the oven, the knives are, are sharper. sharper. Yes, like when you go into the kitchen, you go in with your band-aids, you go in with your cream for the burns, you go in with stuff for your cuts, like in your pockets, because you are going to get injured, right? Like it's going to happen and you Mm. won't have time to leave the kitchen because Mm. like it's so busy. And then I was also just thinking about Gordon Ramsay and I'm like, I do not want someone like shouting down my neck. Like I really don't like being shouted at or like people raising their voices at me. So I'm just like, no, you know what? If I actually take that path, that might ruin my passion you know mm. like let me just cook for my family and my friends mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no pressure you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that kind of so it, it was like the Italians like taking their time I'm still like so mad at them to this day because <laughs> I'm just like yeah seriously <laughs> yeah, it's just like seriously. But, like yeah yeah I'm like guys yeah. but like going into 2022 I was like you know what I am not going into a new year like mm. not knowing what I'm gonna do right mm-hmm. like without mm-hmm. a plan like yeah something to give so let me just try this mm. and and see what I what I take from that is okay first and foremost how rude of me I did not ask how is your dad doing just I hope he's okay oh he's fine now like okay. back 100% Oh no, that's great. Yeah, that's good to you. hear. That's good to hear. And um, I I can definitely relate to that part of you're applying and applying for things and it's just not working. And I I I, I really yeah. get that because I have also been going through a season where I'm like I want to make a career shift. I want to you know start doing something else, maybe mm-hmm. doing something for myself, but wanting to also get you know quote unquote relevant work experience. I can definitely relate to that part a lot. And I understand why that would be a motivating factor, especially if you, you know, don't you think it was a little bit risky though, taking something you feel like was so therapeutic and turning it into a business, having had the experience that you had prior, even though culinary school may not have been the vibe for you, but like making your passion a business, there's risks to that, especially considering your experience having run a business. Were you were you concerned about that at all? I think I now got to the point where that risk, it was worth taking, right? Mm. Because simply mm. my options were going back, um, like the companies I'd worked for before mm-hmm. were still interested um, in having me, right? Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. For me and my career growth, I just, like, didn't feel, I I just didn't want to go back there. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, like, financially, I think, yeah, I think any young person uh, who's an employee, like, starting out, you know, in Zim, compared to, like, other people our age abroad, you know, like, the amount of money they're making and what Mm -hmm. they're able to do with that, I was just like, okay, this is, this is a waste, right? Mm. Now, unless if you have like, you know, commissions and, and all of that, um, 
that can be, you know, it makes it better. Like one of, in one of my roles, um, it was also based on commission and like the bosses were also like really generous and they Ooh. would, if there was like a big deal, they would share. So um, I'd get paid weekly, right? Ooh. Because these are the side things. Then at the end of the month, you get um, your salary, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in like some odd off job and like getting peanuts. Um, and I also realized that actually affected my work ethic as well. Like I'm a really hard worker. Like I'm someone who's like super driven. But when I was in like one of my last roles in Zim, mm-hmm. I was just over it. Like I felt like I wasn't growing. And then I was also thinking, okay, like even if you just compare the ZSE, right? Yeah. The Zimbabwean yeah. the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how the market here is not actually it's not like informed by, you know, fundamentals of like what's actually going on in the economy right. and in the in in companies, right? Like when we're analyzing companies and all of that. So what makes the price of a stock go up or down sometimes generally because of the nature of our economy is just based on like the rate, you know, yeah. like nothing, nothing like, more. It's, 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 yeah. So now I was thinking, okay, let's say I want to work in the UK in investments, like my experience in Zim, will it actually be useful? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. probably people who are actually in the industry, maybe they're people who've been able to actually do that. But for me, I was like, even for Wall Street, you will not understand what is going on. And yeah. again, this is just my experience. I'm sure the people do, but that's just what I felt at the time. I'm like, okay, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. So in the end, I'd be like, once it was time to leave, like I'm out of that place. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm yeah. out. Yeah. No, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. Okay. So yeah. I think all those factors with like the employment situation were just made it worth the risk of you know Mm. that just like taking it on with my quote-unquote passion because I wasn't Mm. really I mean if you had asked me at the time like what are you passionate about yeah honestly I didn't know Mm. um and maybe right now I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I am passionate about it, but it was also like, I also felt like I was losing myself, right? Like mm. I know the kind of person that I am. I am not the person who will leave work. Like if work ends at 4 p.m., I'm at 4 p.m., right? Mm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I will leave when I'm done with what I need to do. What you're doing, exactly. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, or even just be extra, like I, I'm just exactly. extra. So I'll probably mm. also be like, huh, maybe let me also do tomorrow's thing now, you know? Mm. So mm-hmm. I was just like, this is not me, right? So I was just like, you know what? Um, it's worth the try. Um, and the good thing is I've got my degree, right? That mm. I can mm. always hold back on. Like I can, mm-hmm. if, if I fail at this, at least I can say I tried. Um, and mm. then I can do something else. 
That's really interesting. Um, I, I really love how comfortable you are with failing. I think that's something that myself and a lot of people struggle with. Like I take rejection and failure so personal. Like aside from, you know, yeah. high school trauma and everything, it's just kind of like, I always feel like, you know, if I fail at it, what's the point of trying sometimes? And mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. like when I started podcasting and my downloads, I was still, you know, getting maybe 10, 20, however many downloads um, per episode per week. And I was really getting down on myself because I was already like comparing myself to some of the more established podcasts. And, you know, when they were sharing like, oh, I'm on this one, Spotify, that's <laughs> I got 30,000 downloads this year and everything. That was really hard for me to actually be like, mm-hmm. I already immediately was like, I'm failing it. And then, you know, after a while, I was like, well, are people listening? Yes. Are you enjoying the process? Yes. So is it a failure? Um, mm-hmm. So I love, love how comfortable you are with failure. Like that's, that's something like I think you should be really, like I admire and you should be proud of. Not because it's like, oh, if I fail, it's fine. But just accepting like it's a part mm-hmm. of life because with our hustle culture, yeah. our, you know, all of the kind of stuff that we've been indoctrinated into in this capitalist system. We just aren't taught how to accept and be comfortable with things not working out as you planned, you know? It doesn't define you. Like, it's not, mm. it, it's just like something that you did, but like, you can just see ways to improve, like learn, right? And like, yeah. next time you just do better. But like, if you can't learn from the things, then it's like, you'll either keep on making the same mistake or you just you just quit right if you don't want to yeah. learn or like you know improvements and i think with the food bit as well like i think with with cooking it's really like that like now i know when i'm trying out something for the first time yeah they're gonna be mistakes mm. for sure mm. right yeah and i always just like check and like take notes i'm like okay i did this so i also like keep um a journal well, yeah, mm. it has my chef's notes. I call them chef's notes. And like, all right, oh. okay, this is what I did here, here, here. But I usually get after. So like, like I do something. Then after I write down, this is what, this is what happened. And then mm. these were the mistakes. Probably I should do this. Or if I don't know what to do, I have to read. Um, mm. And, you know, find out, okay, what, what do I need to do? And then I, I then fix it, right? Mm, and then you mm. see that oh, okay so now it's fine and for me I also realized for me to be able to recreate um the exact same thing you know like dish in the same way that like my guests are expecting I need to write things down yeah you know, I also obsessed with writing so I'll, I'll write everything down but that also helps me know okay you know this is what you need to do so I think failure like it hurts like there's a time i i wanted to quit as well even this thing when so when Mm. you were talking about um you know not getting enough downloads (laughs) you know like (laughs) comparing yourself to other people yeah (laughs) it's like i was i was also like i mean i had a few dinners you know and like people are coming and then there's a one time where like it was just radio silence right but i guess mm. it was also the time of the year or whatever but i was also yeah. now thinking um, like should i really 
should I be doing this? But it's okay to feel that way, but I think you just need to keep going. So even with my page, I would be posting my food and like maybe I get three likes. And then one of the likes is from my mom. Like I'm like, mama, like, can you go and share my page? <laughs> and there's like no one commenting, no interactions. And it's just like, you know, why am I doing this? Should I keep on posting? But yeah. then I just kept on like, you know what? I just need to keep cooking because that's what oh. I do. I need to keep cooking and I keep posting. And like now when there are a few more people who know, um, who follow me now, there's a bit more interaction. Um, mm. But you see that for me to like gain my credibility and also from what I have posted, right? Um, what people have seen. If I, if I just quit posting, it's like, oh. okay, who's this person yeah. trying to do? Like, there's no evidence. So I I also like that page because it's kind of like my, my little portfolio. I love that. I, I can definitely relate to that as well because I've, I've shared on this platform before, social media is my least favorite part of this process because, you mm. know, creating the posts, doing the editing and putting everything together takes so much work. And then, you know, my likes will be like, um, my personal page, liking the podcast page. And then, you know, my sister will throw me a bone and like, you know, and I'm like, are people <laughs> actually engaging? And I would get so excited, you know, when one person DM'd me and was like, we love the content, we love everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're listening. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. it just takes time. And I guess a lot of resilience. And I think the resilience and time and effort you feel the need to do is pointing you towards what you're passionate about. I think someone, um, one of my uni lecturers said something so profound um, that really stuck with me about looking for a passion. Um, so I was feeling so disheartened and so distraught about what I had chosen to study and all of these kinds of things, right? And I was talking to one of my lecturers, it was one of my politics lecturers, and I was just like, listen, I actually really just, I'm struggling to care about this assignment. Like it was about environmentalism yeah. <laughs> or something. And it was 2014, okay? I wasn't woke yet. But like, I didn't care. About, I didn't care about the course. I didn't care about the topic. It was just a credit I needed to get as part of like the overall politics grade. And she said, um, she said to me, um, she's like, listen, you know, there are things that you can do naturally that no one had to teach you how to do. Like no one sat you down. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you learn stuff in school, you learn skills and things, but there are things that you just have a natural aptitude for. And she's like, you, if you lean into those things, you can figure out where your passions or where your skills or mm -hmm. the kind of things you should start fostering lie. And I was just like, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, we're all, we all have different gifts and talents and everything. So I think really leaning into that would be a great way of like figuring out what am I passionate about? What am I doing? And I think it would just like, you know, just add to the why, like, why did I start this? Why am I doing this? Even when things are down and, you know, there's not a lot of interaction on the socials, no one's, you know, making bookings, no one's downloading. You can always have a place to go back to like, this is my why, this is why I'm doing it. You know, it's not for likes, even though likes are nice, yeah. not for likes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I, I love that because it's just like understanding because I guess even with the food thing, even mm. though I didn't grow up making Arabic food, I did enjoy cooking. Um, mm. 
and I did enjoy like hosting and I'd always just think, ah, you know, I can't wait to have my own house with like a huge kitchen and like this huge dining room and like a nice like outdoor seating area and all that. But it's like when it comes to even when I'm down, like, okay, for me, actually cooking is so sacred that I, if I'm feeling down or sad, I need to step step away from hmm. the food okay, and right. like, yes, and come back when I am calm and yeah. I can deal because I just don't want to taint that with like, any mm. with any bad energy but what i any also wanted to say like the last, yeah the last thing on like failure is i think um sometimes i think in high school maybe like arundel girls or maybe high achievers will like um get this but you know you you we were so used to like getting really good grades right mm. like mm-hmm. failing wasn't an option right and I think it's really important to like practice failing because that's how you learn and improve whatever skill you have. And that's how you can also put in those like 10,000 hours. I think even the smartest people are always like learning. For you to learn, you, you'll have to make some mistakes. And that's why we mm. had like, you know, my corrections in mm. junior school, like, you are going, that's where you learn, you know, why you failed and like, you know, you made that mistake. And I think it's a really um, valuable skill um, for people to have in general. Like, just try something you know you're not good at. I think for me, I started playing tennis um, in December 2021, right? Mm. And in high school, I never played tennis. Like I played, yeah, we, we, we played basketball together Mm -hmm. and it was something completely different, but I also knew like at my age, I don't want to be part of like a team sport, like, uh, like Mm -hmm. in terms of like having, being part of a a basketball team and like, Mm -hmm. you know, having all that patience. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, no, it's, it's not that deep. So mm. I bought in uni actually I'd started um playing for fun with my friends um and mm. classmates and then I was like, you know what, let me actually get a coach um and do this thing. And like it was it was it was hectic because I knew where the ball was meant to go. Yeah. But it just wasn't going there. <laughs> it just wasn't going there. And yeah. I was just it was so frustrating. But I was like, no, I'm going to get it. And like, I kept mm. on going for training in December and January. Like my coach, I'll be like 5 a.m. I'm like an early bird. Like when it's mm. dark, we're, we're training, right? And yeah. that also gave me that like fighting spirit. I'm like, okay, I can do this. So that's that also helped me like have the guts to start the dinners, right? Because I was like... Mm. Yeah, I can fail, but I won't die. Yeah. But if I keep doing it, I'll improve. And like now looking back um, from like the beginning of the year, the progress that I've just made and like um, honing my craft and just becoming more confident 
in it. I think if you also do other things where you're learning, where it's not that deep, like with, with tennis, the stakes are not that high. It's not like it's my career. It's just for fun. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So right, I think right. doing that as well, like you learn to fail um, in something that's like low stakes, but like you're actually practicing how to fail. Yeah. But you're actually oh. not failing. You're improving. You're learning. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that is so profound. I love that. I'm probably going to start playing tennis too. Okay, maybe not, but like some you should, like that. Yeah, you know, I, need, I need someone to play with. <laughs> I thought we weren't doing team things, Lisa. <laughs> no, like at least I, we, can, we can rally. And we yeah, rally. in tennis, there's also the team thing, right? Where like if you're yeah. doing doubles and stuff, but, yeah. but still it's like, it's for fun, right? I love like, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it for fun. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe I mean, who knows? But like, at least that's what helps me just like to keep going. Yeah, to keep going. No, I like that. I like that. And actually doing something where you can leave like the perfectionism and everything behind and just be like, listen, I'm learning. I'm doing this, like failing forward, which is, I love that. I That's very profound. Yes. So in general, um, you know, entrepreneurship is something that's either over glamorized or people just saying it's really hard. You know, there's not a lot of gray area. There's not a lot of in between. And I really like, you know, tackling the like uncertainty because I'm learning as well to get comfortable with things not being so black and white. So we know entrepreneurship is hard. You've explained it's hard. You've done something you didn't enjoy. It was terrible. And you just let you let it go. What are the nice mm -hmm. things about quote unquote being your own boss, hashtag boss babe, hashtag all of that? Um, <laughs> what are the best parts of having your own thing? Like, what do you enjoy the most about it? I think the best part is like kind of being able to control your time, which mm. is actually a double edged sword because I guess by not taking a job, you can sort of say, okay, I'm free, I'm, I'm not working, this is my off day. But I mm. think at this point when um, as someone who's starting out and actually like getting busier you mm. realize that you don't have time like mm. it ends up like I actually ended up having to because I was just like so swamped and like so overwhelmed I didn't have time to hang out with my friends or like do fun stuff it was either I'm cooking hosting or I just wanted to be in my room alone mm -hmm. um, doing anything right so i don't so i guess yeah the time thing is cool <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i don't know i i guess they're like yeah there are a lot of pros you know you're doing something you enjoy um you get to meet like a lot of like cool people in like different industries um yeah. well, right? like and you see that actually people like people in construction can actually help in my cooking business right like exactly. all those contacts are are relevant right and yeah i think what's also been cool is like my clients also become friends right yeah like, mm -hmm. that's that's been nice but i think yeah in terms of the good things it's actually a bit hard for me <laughs> it's yeah. a bit hard for me to come up with the list but yeah. i guess the time mm -hmm. thing dictate maybe yeah maybe when my business is much bigger 
I'll have like a lot of free time. But right now it's like I it's all do you. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot. I get a lot of help as well from like yeah. friends. Um, my my brother is also super helpful. But yeah. it's yeah. just like you have to spread yourself thin. So, yeah. and everything needs to be done. Everyone's kind of looking at you. But I think it's like you have a bigger team. Hopefully things get a bit better. But I think I've I've also just learned like to create boundaries and like make sure that I'm also like I am a young person. I do mm. want to have fun and like do other things, exactly. you know, besides yeah. work. Cooking. You know? Yeah, besides work, right? And mm. with that in mind, like the other part, the other side, like what you're saying is a double edged sword. The other side of having a regular corporate job is you get there's like a level of security. I mean, in the Zimbabwean context, it's not security worth bragging about, but things like medical aid, your pension, like all of those kind of long term plans is kind of done for you. Like I still have mm-hmm. a corporate job, which I'm trying to get out of. Like if anyone wants my yeah. CV, it's LinkedIn, what's up? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to like. <laughs> There are things like I get medical aid. I see the deductions on, you know, my pay slip, but this is going to your pension. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, this is going to your health insurance, your medical aid. Sorry, we don't have health insurance yet. Medical aid, like all of those kinds of things. It's it's going somewhere and there's that kind of almost like a security blanket. And I imagine in a functioning economy, mm-hmm. those are big like factors that you would have to keep in mind. Um, where your taxes are going and, you know, who's doing your taxes for you. Because I don't have to think about those things. You know, I'm employed. Someone mm-hmm. is doing, someone somewhere is also employed to do that for me. So are those things that you get concerned about when you start thinking about the longer term future? Like, okay, is this business going to take off such that I could retire on this? Or do I need to be, you know, like what you're saying, investing in something or putting money in a nest egg? Like, are those issues that ever cross your mind? um actually yes like recently i was talking to a friend about um just how expensive medicals are in zim yeah Mm -hmm. like it's so crazy right Mm -hmm. um and sometimes you might have to like sacrifice um the dentist like go to another doctor or something like that like just because it's like you can't do everything on cash like it will just be crazy the amount of money you're quoted she was actually saying to me you know what um the best thing is just to go to SA um for like everything you need done like a trip um devoted to to all of that yeah 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 because cost of fraction like initially I just thought like the health trips were for you know someone who wants to have that surgery in Singapore right. you know like something yeah. like that but now in Zim for those basic things so that also really it becomes a concern the instability yeah the lack of security right because mm. I'll have money today and yeah. they think that I need to I need to do mm. um, for the business and mm. then for myself as well but then yeah. there are times where like yeah I literally don't have money um yeah. I don't have anything because I've, I've done yeah. that thing so um I've been talking about buying um a stove for myself yeah. and like yeah. an oven. 
for the mm-hmm. past like months. And mm-hmm. every time I wanted to do it, I would something else would come up and mm-hmm. there are a lot of things competing for that. And I have to sort of, you know, see okay, what's more important at that time, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. to like keep my business going. And mm-hmm. now finally on Saturday, I finally made that purchase, which was yes. a big deal. Like I, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a big, like, look at me. Congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing, Melissa. Thank Congratulations. I, I'm like, I have a stove and an oven, yeah. right? So that was like, it was really exciting, but also now understanding that at least like once things are moving, now yeah. it's not really like, oh, I'm now at zero again. Because mm. at the beginning, the dinners were very um, sporadic, right? Like mm. um, in terms of like people coming um, mm. and I didn't. Yeah. So I'd have like quiet um, seasons where I'm actually trying to figure out like, what am I trying to do? Right? Do like trying yeah. to organize myself. Yeah. Out, mm-hmm. like yeah people coming in so then at that time like i i just won't um have anything but now it's like mm-hmm. okay i know that money for the stove it's gonna come back um mm-hmm. and then in terms of like the tea i need to like i put money aside right just to make sure at least i don't i i shouldn't be having those moments of like being on zero like completely mm-hmm. like i've had to like adjust my lifestyle <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> I like things I'm, I'm also yes. like okay <laughs> I, yeah like you need to like stuff this exactly yes like mm. for now um, and then you can always have that later right because mm. being in that space where you have nothing I mean even for okay so we talked about what um the the medicals and yeah, just mm. that liquidity. Because I also have my some of my close friends are are entrepreneurs, and like we have these discussions. Sometimes you can't help it, right? Like even mm. if you put that money aside, now you're forced to spend it because there's a situation, right? Exactly. And like you yeah. just have to deal with it. Um, mm. But there also like other ways. I think even though I mean when I was in the UK, like. Um, would be looking at like startups and you know like they're raising capital and all of that and like when I started this I mean I wasn't really thinking of fundraising in that mm. way um, mm-hmm. but now I also see the importance of like fundraising and yeah. you know which if, yeah. if it's like equity or like debt and stuff of which debt, debt yeah. scares me but like, it depends with what's going on um and mm. i think now as i'm growing i'm now like considering that with like the plans that i have because for this to happen you need that um financial injection right like to take mm. you next stage right now for me it's been the stove um yeah. which you know is just gonna make my life so much easier in terms of like mm. my logistics and everything so mm-hmm. I think that's long term. I I know like I've got I've got a vision. And I know where I want this to go and whatever. So like I I'm I'm not like worried 
about mm. my future. Like I know, okay. yeah, I, I, I know, I know mm-hmm. I can do it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Trying to see as well, like the different ways I can make money from, mm. from this one business. Right. So that mm-hmm. I also have, cause mm-hmm. liquidity is king. Like cash is king at the end of the day. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. That, that is critical. Like there's a lot I want to do personally, mm. but there's a lot for, my business as well and i mm. also i have to grow my team i need to be able to yeah. to be you know yeah i love that insight i love how like you and your close friends who are also entrepreneurs um are not afraid to have these discussions because those are things that have for example stopped me from wanting to start my own thing aside from fear aside from feeling like i wouldn't be able to do it i'm like guys the security is so necessary because i had the fortunate but unfortunate experience of growing up with my dad both my parents were accountants and so money was always an issue like the lack of money how much is this how much is spending do you have this security this security and i also had the unfortunate experience of getting sick in a foreign country and i saw the value of you know being able to pay for things the value of getting a good quality you know insurance and all of those kinds of things because you never know what's going to happen you know when i left work to do my masters the last thing i thought of was getting sick you know and then it happened and i was like oh dear i should have maybe thought some of my decisions through you know exactly so Mm -hmm. i'm glad you it's great that you have those conversations and it's really also admirable that you're not worried like i just need to sip on whatever you're sipping every morning in the dark (laughs) like is it the tennis is it because all i do is worry and your chill vibe is just it's giving me life right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's just like at the end of the day just go for it and yeah just see i think something else like i'm just thinking of it now as you're speaking um like yes my parents were lawyers but my granddad was my dad's father was a cook on the mm. um, on the national railways of mm. Zimbabwe. So yeah. he would be on the train, you know, and at that time like those trains just like took forever. But actually the first mm. time I had sweet potato fries, they were yeah. made by my um in my oh, mom's wow. kitchen. And I was just like I was just like, oh my gosh, first of all like seeing a man in the kitchen and it's sick right like exactly i'm just like what is going on and then he made these really tasty chips i was just like oh my gosh this is exactly this is yeah (laughs) like this is really dope um but obviously for him it was it was different um Mm. you know he, Mm. he also didn't go to culinary school um mm. he was just like working um they you know as a cook his brother was also a cook and stuff and like mm-hmm. at a house but mm-hmm. it's one of those things it's like just also having the opportunity to like elevate his work like what he was able to do at that time and now mm-hmm. where i am because of like the like that that's the work that like took my dad to university and like you know mm. got him to where he is so now mm. with my because the other thing is like yes like the instability and all that the lack of security but 
the good thing is like I live with my parents, right? Um, yeah. Which is like a huge privilege, um, which yeah. actually helps me to to run this business because if I had like a lot of other expenses, I I don't think um, mm. I'd be able to, to to just start off like the way I, I yeah. have. So exactly. I think that also just keeps me going, like just seeing wait how far can I take this? Like mm. how much can I can I push this? I and, and yeah. just, like, so Lisa, my last question for you, and I've been asking all my guests this season this question. Um, and it's just because there's so much, the world is changing so quickly. Um, nothing is clear, nothing is certain. And in the spirit of learning to embrace uncertainty, in your point of view, from your experience and what you've seen, what does the future of entrepreneurship in general look like to you? Where do you see things going? With, with entrepreneurship, I think with what we can actually see already happening, like with mm. the influences, like all these people, like social, our technology and like social media is like, you know, propelling people forward and like just giving you this platform um, to be seen, right? Mm. Or whatever great cool weird thing you're doing like today i was following um black italian guy what's his name cabs like the one who who doesn't speak mm. and like mm-hmm. and with the hands yeah 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 yes the guy with the hands so he was in qatar mm. um he's at cap and like mm. he was greeting like um all these like Qataris, like his sponsors and whatever. And I was just like, this guy, he became famous like during lockdown. Yeah. And, right. And like, look at him now, right? Like, mm. just that power of the internet, it's like changed his life. But now it's like in real life, he's actually in those spaces yeah. where he wasn't able to. Actually, yeah, like no one would even consider him or like mm, mm. look at him. But like, yeah, you know, like these guys are meeting him. They're like happy to see him and whatever. And it's a whole vibe. So I think like in the future, like the trends are showing, like we have more options mm. um, in terms of yeah the things we can do. But I also think some of the things also just happen by accident. Mm. like you can't really you can't really plan for it like i think even if you were to look at how he started and like you tried to imitate that um it it doesn't mean you'll end up where he is right yeah and i think if you also see yeah even if you see someone else like mimicking Mm, yeah like that's not original like that yeah, like that's already done. Like it's it's mm. tired. So mm. I think that will also limit the number of people who can become successful like that. Even if we look at um, the Kenyan girl. Yeah. Um, Elsa, you guys, um, what a what a story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like where, where is she now? But yeah. for me, yeah, those videos were interesting during lockdown and whatever. But 
like for now I was just, like I, I can't stand those videos <laughs> like, yeah. it's like yeah yeah like, <laughs> you know but yeah I mean it's someone being consistent like that's the thing that's gotten mm. her where she is and like it's opening other doors that mm. she didn't even think about when she was yeah, when she starting. Was... It's also, there's value in young people having hobbies. And I think mm. especially um, black, black kids. Yeah. Um, mm. And even like after you're done with school, like still having hobbies, whether it's like photography or painting or whatever, like just to have that thing, you never know. Or if it's like those TikTok videos, you know, mm. like you never just do something on the side like it's mm. not not like a side hustle i'm not saying everyone should have a side hustle but mm. actually just have something to enjoy like it's mm. good for your mental health it's good for your creativity it might take you somewhere it might not but i i really enjoy zim tiktok like zimbabweans mm. <laughs> so i would just say i think with that um you can stumble into entrepreneurship. You mm. can have a plan with entrepreneurship and like you fail. It, mm. it won't work out. But I think it's just important for all of us to have hobbies. Yeah. Like going as adults, like just have something you do for fun. You enjoy like you, you never know really. Yeah. You never do. I, I, I really enjoy that answer because I think with, you know, Elsa, the Kenyan girl, that Italian guy and all of those creatives, why they really popped off is not just, you know, they were, you know, consistent and everything with their content. Like their content was authentic. It wasn't the highest quality. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. So I'm always like, you know, if you're thinking of doing something, just start it and you never know where it could take you. And I feel like whether it's in your career, whether it's your side hustle, whether it's, you know, wanting to transition, to transition into like an entrepreneurial activity. I think in a world where, you know, we are just so conditioned to be looking at the same things all day, every day, when someone is authentic, when someone stands out, it's kind of just like, oh, this is refreshing, you know, this is what's different because there were so yeah. many people coming up during lockdown, but there are like a few that we can remember that, you know what, they were actually very funny, but that period of time there's things yes. i cannot stand anymore <laughs> that i used to <laughs> entertain by lockdown like that house that whole house party phase like if someone tries to video call me randomly oh yeah like that era <laughs> again i would be like what spirits are in you what like, are that you happened. doing <laughs> that, happened. that absolutely happened so, yeah and i think just, just like staying in your lane like you're saying um yeah you could like those guys did something that was like so different but like if they kept on checking like what's popping right now like what's viral it wouldn't um, i don't think it would have like stopped. no one would have been interested like that yeah so yeah i think just yeah just doing your thing and like focusing and like growing like i always mm -hmm. just try to keep my head down um mm -hmm. and just do my own thing not mm -hmm comparing but also like being aware of what's going on in the market you know mm -hmm. what other people are doing um and also understanding like there's room for a lot of us right yeah. so let me let me just do my thing and and see how it goes i had such a great time talking to you 
your insight and perspective is actually really refreshing. Like I am so excited to put this out as always, but thank you so much for your time. I know this was a long time coming, but you've just been so accommodating yes. and thank you for joining us on the platform. It's been so great and so much fun. Yeah. And thank you for, for having me. This is my first podcast interview. So that's, uh, that's I hope you enjoyed it. And I, I did. I loved it. And also considering you asked to have this conversation, like I think in May or something. Yeah. Like, like in winter. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, I wasn't, I was like, huh, you know, still, yeah, a lot was going on at that time. Mm, mm. <laughs> so thank you also for your patience. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we finally had it. And it's been yeah. incredible. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, no worries. And I'm so excited to see your supper club and all your projects continue to grow. Is there anything you want to plug before um, we close off the episode? Anything you want to link people to? Like just the last words for the people. Oh, okay. Um, please follow my page at Chef Soko on Instagram. So Chef S-O-K-O. -O. Um, you'll get updates on like when the next supper clubs are. Yeah, so people should just look out for those dates. I post the dates there and, you know, come and try out the food and like just come for good vibes and like enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, no, that's, that's amazing, guys. Again, Supper Club Top Tier Experience, worth every penny. It's good vibes, amazing food. So do check that out on and Instagram. And we have an underground pit. That time, there's and an underground, underground pit. Barbecue. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, um, you need to try that meat. You need to. The lamb is roasted for eight hours. Need I say more? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so uh, much, Melissa. And that is the episode. A huge thank you and special shout out to Melissa. You were such a great guest. Keep on shining, keep on doing your thing. And thank you so much for your time and just being so vulnerable and sharing with us, um, you know, your experiences on this platform. I, I say this a lot, but I really do appreciate, you know, when my guests are just point blank, honest, vulnerable about their experiences. And I love being able to create a space where they can really share like the real, you know, I feel like the last couple of episodes discussing the nesikriti, the economics of things and really getting into the specificities of their experiences has been very enriching for me to listen back to while editing. So I do hope that that's being shared. Um, as always, I love your feedback. I love your comments. Please do engage with us on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and, you know, at me, your host, at Kim Yajeka on Twitter. And let's keep the conversation going. I really do appreciate your engagement. And I always, you know, make a special shout out to people who support the platform financially. But I'd also like to just make a shout out to everybody who just DMs, whether it's on my personal phone on you know the social media platforms just dropping an inbox just dropping the feedback like 
I really, really appreciate it and take the time to read every single message, every single comment, every single post. And I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but you kind of take a mental note. It's kind of like how people wish you birth happy birthday on social media. You kind of take a mental note about mm, who did it last year, who did it this year. And I appreciate the people who consistently do that. So thank you so much. And of course, I will catch you next time. I hope you pick up the nuance in that statement. <laughs> now, nah, I'll do my best to catch you next week, but otherwise catch you next time. And yeah, 